Oh, hey there. How are you guys? I hope at this point you still have all of your fingers and toes because it's fireworks season. Welcome to the Very Poorly Made Police Memes podcast. This episode's coming out around the 4th of July, so I hope you guys are all enjoying Independence Day. If all goes well, while this podcast comes out, I should be at an unnamed lake drinking beer and floating in the water. Hopefully not that kind of float, you know, like the good float. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope the podcast finds you well. This podcast, I talked to my good buddy, 10-8 Memes. He was on early in the podcast, about a year ago now. And uh, he's my good buddy. He's uh, I've known him for a couple years now. We've been talking back and forth for a while. He was very helpful and instrumental when it was time for me to start this podcast. And he was really helpful telling me you know, the tips and tricks and all that stuff. If you don't know who he is, he's uh, obviously doesn't mean Paige. He was a cop. He's turned to dispatching. We're going to talk about his story and why he did all that. And I think an emphasis I want to put on all that is guys make their own decisions for their own reasons why why they want to get out. And I really hate the shit baggery that comes with it sometimes where because some guys feel different ways about things and, and do things for different reasons. Or maybe they don't even know the reasons people leave. They're shitbags of people, so let's stop being shitbags, huh? But anyway, uh, it's a good podcast. We'll talk about some weird stuff, of course. Go off on tangents and uh, a little inside baseball about the meme world. So I hope you guys find it enjoyable. Before we do that, though, i got to obviously give big thanks to the folks that make every Sunday podcast possible, and that's my friends over at officerprivacy.com. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, and... Who knows, by the time this podcast is published, what other crazy shit has happened. But you know what you can do to give yourself a little peace of mind? If you're in law enforcement and you get involved in some kind of critical incident where the crazies are going to come after you, the last thing you need to be worried about is if your address is going to be published on Twitter or in a newspaper article. That's where officer privacy comes in hand. If you're not in law enforcement, you like listening to podcasts, maybe you're a jealous firefighter or... Uh, just somebody that enjoys uh, the stories and the things you hear here. Do you want your identity out there? Do you want your personal information out there? No, of course you don't. You can use officerprivacy.com too. In these times, privacy is important. So be like me. I pay for this service. It's important enough to me to protect myself, protect my family, that folks can't just look me up online. So that's where officer privacy comes in. They have two ways to help you take back your privacy. You can do it yourself. It's like you don't pay somebody to mow your lawn. Officer Privacy created custom, easy-to-use software so you can quickly navigate through the top 30 people search sites and delete your information. They also have instructions for each and every site, include a simple way to keep track of it all. They provide access to their software free for 14 days. It's plenty of time to go through and remove that information. Or you sign up for their premium service. You sign up for their premium service, and they take care of everything for you. I got to be honest, I let the experts mow the lawn for me on this one. It's worth every buck. But you sign up for the premium service. Their staff of current and former U.S.-based law enforcement officers remove you from the top 30 people search sites. Then they monitor those sites. If you show up again, they remove it again. So go check my friends out over at officerprivacy.com. Take your privacy back. All right. With that said, I promise, pinky promise, next podcast I'll probably play music. For this one, time crunch, I'm not going to do it. Slash I'm lazy. At some point, the music will be back. Probably. Without any further ado, my good buddy, 10A Memes. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Returning to the digital dungeon to get 
penetrated. Can I say oh. that? Yeah, I, mean, you I don't care. Can. That's that's terrifying. It is terrifying. Ten eight memes is here. How are ba, you? Ba, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good, man. Just uh, you know, doing doing what normal people do like us and uh, make it a podcast because that's what right. grown men in their thirties do, right? Right. Instead of going to therapy, it's great, dude. Okay, here's the thing: is I drink maybe a little bit less and. I tell the world about my problems and I feel good it about it. Basically is therapy. I, I agree. I agree. I, um, as I stare at the IPA that's next to me, uh, and, and I also run drunk cops, but, um, I, I do. I, so here's, here's where that's at. Um, there was a time there was a, there was a run of episodes where I noticed that my part of it, to my opinion, uh, sounded better if I had like a drink or two in me, like if I had just a little, little liquid courage and I kind of had a better gift of gab. So that became my kind of thing. I would have a, a drink or two while I was recording it, either the intro outro part or while, during the interview. And um, then I was like, you know what, let's, let's stop doing that. That's kind of uh one, one night I hit, hit the bottle a little too, too heavy of a pour. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do something a little different. So I've, cause I always like having a beverage. I don't know why that's just kind of something I take. I think it's like the old school late night talk show or whatever. Like they always have their cup of coffee or whatever. It takes the edge off. It does. I think it does. And it's just, obviously you need something to kind of keep the throat moist. Right. And well, that's, uh, that's not what I use to keep the throat moist, but oh, it's not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> I mean, your, your mom has a few ideas, right? Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah. And for me, I've heard allegedly that alcohol kills COVID. So I'm, I'm going to try that. That's obviously a great idea, right? That That's a great idea. So just, I'm pretty just, sure a, a doctor wrote that up somewhere. It's some doctor somewhere. Yeah. I watched a video today, actually, on Facebook. It was a Facebook reel of um, a scientist. It wasn't Dr. D, but a scientist um, taking like algae infested water, like pond water. And putting it under a microscope and hitting it with um, rubbing alcohol. And under the microscope, you can actually see the bacteria die instantly. I was like, whoa, I've never actually seen it work. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of assume like, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So the fact that, I mean, don't don't drink rubbing alcohol. I don't think that's that's not the point I'm saying. But uh, yeah, alcohol kills some things. I allegedly, you know what my favorite thing to do was when I was a kid is, uh, you know, you get like a little cut and your mom's like, go clean it out. I loved when you put hydrogen peroxide with the bubbles. Yeah. And it like bubbled up and kind of burned a little bit. Yeah. I, so, and and I, I think that's part of the idea, right? Like you can feel either it's getting clean, right? The bubbles or the staying that kind of makes you feel like, all right, something's happening here. This is good. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever used like, like menthol soap or like soap with some menthol in it and you get that cool, clean feeling. And I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this works or not, but it feels clean. So I feel better about it or like, you know, mouthwash or shit like that. So I, I kind of get exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. My kid got some blood on his baseball Jersey before a game. And he was like, oh, that's good. He's like, can you get it off? And I was like, oh yes, I can. And I dumped that rubbing out or not the rubbing alcohol, the hydrogen peroxide on it. Mm-hmm. And like just the, it brought back all kinds of memories. Oh yeah. It was, it, I mean, it, I think it'd be better if he got blood on his uniform from the game, but I mean, that's okay. Hey, it's, you know, it's dry out here. Okay, that's a lie. It's not dry. The kid always gets fucking bloody noses. I don't know what his problem is. <laughs> Probably picking too much. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say that's a kid thing. So it's got to be digging for gold or something. 
So, buddy, it's been a long time since you've uh, been on my. Well, not a long time. You were you were a guest on the Christmas episode, but it was a pre-recording. Oh, that's by right, the way, yeah. you killed it. You killed it. By the way, that was really <laughs> thank good. You. Thank you. It was very I, well produced. Thank you. I uh, I still have that somewhere in my files because I, I was very proud of how that came out. I think next year for my Christmas episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna reproduce or re. Uh, distribute it because i think it i was very proud of how it came out and even though i think i was your last entry and i was like no 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 please wait for me wait for me i got it it's just you know with work and everything it kind of escaped me time wise but i was very proud of how it came out but yeah before that what was i like episode three or four on on the podcast five i think five okay but still really early on yeah before you really hit your groove and you were like you know became this amazing podcaster you've you know I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I'm no Mike the cuck, but I don't know. <laughs> you mean Mike the realtor? Mike the realtor. I, dude, we can't say shit, though. I mean, we're not on the job either, but. No, no, but not at all. That's a, that's a story for a different day. Poor, poorly made podcast memes and uh, 10 late, 10 lame memes. I don't know. Yeah, we, we have our, our, our fair share of haters, too. But we'll, we'll get into that in a second. We'll but a, that, yeah. a lot has changed over the last about years so for so for the folks that you know maybe are unfamiliar can you give my millions of listeners a little bit of a <laughs> kind of a backstory the last uh, year for you because you've kind of your life has transitioned a little bit uh, not that kind of transition i know it's june, no but not no, that no no kind of hey, it, is, it is june happy with everyone but not that kind of transition for me um not yet at least it depends on if you and i end up rooming together at some point but anyway um so I was just thinking about this. It's been a little over a year now since you were on my show the first time. And um, it, I remember that conversation being in my apartment and uh, you flat out being like, you know, I think I want to do, I want to do a podcast. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. Little did I know that it would turn into this. So from the last time we spoke on your show, um, well, when, when I, when we spoke then, um, I was a cop on the east side of Florida, uh, six and a half years on. And I want to say, when did we talk? August? It would have been late August or early September. Okay. So it, it would have been late August then because it was right before my move. Um, so I was moving across the state to southwest Florida, think like the Tampa region. And um, oh, Avalanche, by the way, <laughs> they're crushing it right now. Um, so I, I, I was moving down here. I already had a job lined up with the local PD, uh, super excited. It was a smaller agency than what I was expecting or that I, the one I was used to, uh, about half the size, but same bells and whistles, all the cool stuff. And I was like, man, I'm coming from a big city. I've got all this experience, all this knowledge, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to crush it. I was super excited about it. Um, but at the same time, away from the job, my personal life, uh, had a lot of ups and downs with it. My, uh, my buddy, Jason, he got murdered on the line of duty. My sister passed away unexpectedly. Uh, and then I moved and then I started. So they did like their onboard training, like new, basically new recruit. Uh, think of like straight from the Academy you join and now, Hey, we're going to teach how we do business. But for them, I guess they had a lot of issues with laterals and transfers. So they're like, no, we're going to teach everything. Like you don't know shit. And you're going to do everything from, from jump. Like we're going to teach what misdemeanor exceptions are and all that shit. And um, 
which I don't even know if your area even has those. I don't know. If I don't even Florida. know it. I don't even know what you just said. Now you got to explain it. What's a misdemeanor oh. exception? Okay. So that's a Florida thing. I thought it was a nationwide thing. So misdemeanor exception. So a felony, right. Is something that you can arrest for um, it, not in your, in your presence um, or with a warrant, right. Uh, a misdemeanor, it has to occur in your presence um, or you can build probable cause or whatever. Uh, what am I missing here? There, there was something. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, um, a misdemeanor has to occur in your presence um, or to be arrested on the spot without sending the the whatever you want to call it, the arrest affidavit off. You know, it has to occur in your presence or you have to send it off and get a warrant. Um, felony in Florida does not have to occur in your presence. You can build probable cause and still arrest on site as long as you can build a probable cause or you can obviously send out for a warrant. A misdemeanor exception is basically a list of misdemeanors that can be treated as felonies in that regard, that they don't have to occur in your presence. If you can build enough probable cause, you can arrest on site. Um, so just East Coast is weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just to make things a little weird. Um, so anyway, they, they he basically broke everything down from day one. And that pissed me off. I was like, dude, I, everything I've just experienced in the last like three months, let alone six and a half years, don't, don't condescend to me, man. Like that, that was pissing me off. And the, the person I got hired with claimed they had experience. And then as the, the information came out, she really didn't. Um, she got fired the first week of FTO at her old agency. And then she got hired at the new place. So she was like, oh yeah, no. And she told me she never made a traffic stop, right? So you don't have experience. No big deal, but don't say you have experience if you've never made a traffic stop. Like that's, you don't have experience. But they treated us on the same thing. And I was, without sounding like a dick, I was, I was like, dude, I don't need to get broken down to the beginning. And uh, in every training cadre I've ever uh, been trained under, there's always a nice guy and there's always a dick. So the dick was like questioning everything that I said, everything. And the nice guy was like, dude, just play the game. This is part of his teaching. Just do it. And I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna, I'll do it. It's pissing me off, but I'll do it. <clears throat> so I did about a month of it and, uh, and I'm off duty. It's, uh, the weekend I'm off going to get a haircut, get a call from a Sergeant at my old agency. Uh, one of my buddies who was first on scene to my buddy, when he got shot, uh, he killed himself. Uh, he had a bunch of stuff going on, obviously the PTSD from, uh, finding our, our buddy being shot and everything on top of other things, he ended up, uh, taking his own life initially, immediately I was like in shock. Right. I was like, what the fuck? I, I honestly, I didn't even have a negative reaction. I was like, man, that sucks. And that was it. It wasn't cause I didn't give a shit it was because I was in shock. Um, I, I was getting my hair or I was going to get my hair cut. I went and got it cut driving back home and I'm like processing everything. I call my family because this guy, Pat had come to my house for my sister's celebration of life, even though he didn't know her, didn't really know me that well. That's just who he was. I'm processing it, processing it, but it just, it didn't hit. So the weekend passes, Monday comes, I'm doing, uh, we're doing training, we're doing building searches. And I, I didn't have a great day of training, right? Because everyone knows building searching and stuff like that. They're you're designed to fuck up. Like they always have something, some curveball waiting to screw you up. That's fine. And I accepted that. I was like, Oh man, I can't believe I missed that. No big deal. Blah, 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 blah. Walk. We break for lunch. I'm walking to, to my car and um, 
uh, about to go back to the station for lunch. I get a text message from somebody from the old agency um, who sent me the information for past funeral arrangements, which was going to be in two days. It was going to be on Wednesday. And that's when it hit. And I just broke down. I went to the station. I went to have lunch. And I'm just sitting there. I mean, I ate, but I couldn't tell you anything that happened. I remember, I do remember looking straight ahead and there was a flyer like, oh, are you suffering from PTSD? I remember that. And I was like, I was, I was beside myself. That's when it all hit. So we, we were going, I go back out to the training center. Uh, we were about to do active shooter training. And uh, all I asked the guy, the, the nice guy in the training cadre, I said, uh, hey man, I got, um, you know, I tell him what happened. And I said, I, I got to go back home or, you know, wherever for his funeral on Wednesday. Can I, can I get the day? And he's like, um, yeah, just give me a minute. I was like, all right, that's weird, but okay. So I'm like, I'm down in my gear. Cause you know, we're about to do active shooter and SIM and all that stuff. And he's like, Hey, come inside real quick. We want to talk to you. I was like, Oh Christ. And, uh, long story short, we have a talk and I was, they were like, do you still want to do this? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I, I was like, I have all this stuff on my brain. Uh, I don't know. So ultimately they send me home. Um, they're like, you know, think about it, whatever. I meet with a commander. I call uh, the department psychologist and everything just to talk things over. I call Nick Wilson from the Re- resiliency project. Um, General Romano, you know, I, I basically was bending the ear of anyone that'll listen at that point. And uh, I talked to my girlfriend <clears throat> and I was like, I go back to work. Tuesday morning, I was like, you know what, guys, I don't, I don't have it in me right now. I don't have the heart in it. You know, I, my brain's not in it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, you know, take a, take a time out. And um, originally the, the first conversation was like, okay, do you need like time away? Like, do you need like some time off, like some light duty time? And that's what I thought they were going to give me. Uh, that's not how it worked out. They, I had a meeting with the chief and, and uh, admin staff. And they're like, listen, we're going to reassign you. Are you, you want to stay at the agency? I said, absolutely. I was like, I want to work at this agency. You guys do what I want to do. I just can't do it on the road right now. It's just not in me to do it. And um, the chief was like, okay, so I'll reassign you to dispatch. And that's it. And I was, and my biggest thing about taking a timeout was, I got bills to pay. I need to be a provider. Um, I need a job. So I was going to suck it up and work miserably on the road in a, in a bad mental state just so I could pay the bills. And, uh, but the chief, you know, and he, he owed me absolutely nothing. Right. He, I was brand new, literally there for a month. He could have been like, listen, we said, we hired you to be a cop. You don't want to be a cop or you need a time break or whatever. Um, See you later. Sorry about your luck, but he didn't. And, and I will always appreciate that. He gave me that, you know, he gave me dispatch. Um, initially that wasn't what I wanted. Um, there was an opening for, uh, a training specialist, which I was like, Oh man, I could work in the training unit. Uh, I've got so many connections through the podcast and meme page. Like I was like, that's what I want. Like I'll start like bidding for trainings and bring people in. And I was like, that could be cool. Uh, but that was something they gave me. Uh, ultimately, I'm glad because it's it's really just a secretary job. It's a fun title, but it's it's a secretary job. So I'm glad they didn't give me that. Glad they didn't put me in records or evidence or shit like that. And uh, so I sit in the dispatch room 
and I'm watching it and I'm, whatever. So anyway, long story short, we can kind of dive in a little bit further, but I went into dispatch. I've been there for nine months now. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's the story uh, or a brief story of uh, the transition for the past year. So let me ask you this. And I, there's a lot of places we can go with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously <laughs> you've been through a lot. How are you doing now, man? Um, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, we're, as we're talking, it's, it's June 6th, uh, June 19th, and we are coming on a year anniversary of Jason getting shot, uh, this week, uh, which means in two weeks from that, it's a year of my sister getting sick, which means, you know, so all the anniversaries are coming up. Right. And, um, I'm mentally preparing for a bad day. I'm, I'm totally like, I, I figure it's going to come. Uh, I'm very stoic in a way. Um, you know, I get choked up it's father's day. You know, my, my father's passed away. So I had a moment earlier today. Um, I've been in therapy since March, I think March or April, um, without sounding, uh, too, uh, grandiose or whatever therapy saved my life. Uh, I, I hit a, I hit a couple of rock bottom points. Uh, one point I picked myself up out of it. The second time I did as well, but that was the time that I was like, all right, we need, we need something. We need, we need a little uh, crutch here. And luckily I, I linked up with a guy, retired um, LEO from NYPD. Absolutely amazing. So he's, uh, he's helped me a lot this past weekend. Uh, I think I told you about it. I had, <laughs> my girlfriend was out of town. I come home from work and my dog or my step dog, as I call him, uh, not doing very well. He's an old dog, you know, and he's dealing with old dog problems and the AC broke at the same time. And uh, so I'm dealing with a sick dog and a hot house and alone. Right. And old me pre-therapy me would have broke down. I either would have been super negative about it. Uh, you know, the world is ending, you know, woe is me type of thing. Um, or I would have just been super angry and negative, whatever, but you know what? I took it all in stride. And um, so I feel like the, everything that I've experienced in the past year, to include therapy, um, has taught me to just kind of deal with things, but in a healthy way, like not just cause we're, co- we're, we're former cops and what do we do best? We compartmentalize, we tuck things away, we stuff them away and we're good to go. Right. Until everything we tucked away comes falling back on us. And then we have really bad days. Um, but I like to think that I'm not dealing with that now. I think I'm, um, kind of accepting things as they are you know, as they come to me and then I, I deal with them accordingly. Have, I don't know the quite right, the right way to articulate this, but this is a little kind of a strange, this is a strange question, but how are your relationships with family members with new you? Has it been better? Does that make sense? What I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I get you. Um, so it's a little different, right? Because I live with my girlfriend and that's it. Like I've got no family within four hour drive, right? My family is on the other side of Florida. I go see them um, regularly, not, not frequently, but regularly. I try to do like once a month or once every other month, things are going to get a little bit better. My schedule is going to change. So I'll probably see them more often, but um, they told me the last time I saw them. So I last saw them um, beginning of April. I saw them uh, about two weeks ago and before April, I 
think they came to visit me in March. So from March and April, and I think March is when I was starting therapy, um, from March, April, and, and June, they flat out said, they said, you, you seem different. You seem lighter. You seem happier. You seem, you know, like the, the, the weights kind of off you a little bit. So I think that's how it's going. Like without sounding super sensitive. Right. But I can get pissed off about a lot of things. Like, um, my birthday's in February and they were all going to come down and visit me cause I couldn't make it up there. And then they didn't, you know, things happen. No big deal. Actually a tragedy happened. So it's okay. Right. But I got, I got a little butthurt. I'm like, Oh man, they just don't care. I'm not there. So I'm not convenient, whatever. Um, now it's just like, all right, then reach out to them and go see them. Like make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just a, a one small story version of it. But I, I, from what they've said, you know, they say I seem happier and lighter and I, I feel it. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different stressors that come with the job. Um, obviously I, not to make myself sound more important than other people, but last, the last year, obviously I think the stress was probably about as high as it can go. Um, aside from being, you know, the first, you know, first person experiencing it. Um, so, and that was compounded on all the other stress that I had anyway. Um, but I think, I think over the past nine months, 10 months now, it's, uh, really, lifted that, that weight up well and i think the, the point i was trying to get at and i made it more awkward than it needed to be was mm-hmm. i think it's important for people to hear and we haven't had this chat on my podcast in a while but i think it's important for people to hear that's why you're doing it i mean obviously you need to do things to take care of yourself so you can take care of other people but part of the reason you do these things to take care of other people is because those relationships with people will get better and their yeah. life will get better because you're better. Right, right. There's, um, you know, the, the age old saying is like, or the one I always say is you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Um, I listened to a podcast and actually in, in about two hours, we're going to touch that exact podcast. But um, there's a saying on it that this guy said, he goes, don't serve from your cup, serve from the saucer that captures what overflows from your cup. And that really put things into perspective to me because I'm, I'm a, I will pour till I'm empty. And then the next drop I get, I'll give to somebody else. Like that's, that's just me. And I feel like as first responders and just these altruistic type of beings, that's how we are. We want to take care of everyone, you know? Uh, but then you, you got to realize that, that like when the plane's going down, you put your mask on before you put other people's on. Cause how are you going to help people? If you can't help yourself, if you're, if you're a mess, you can't help anybody else. And that's that's how i i realized or that's even now looking back at it more so that like i was so empty you know we're talking about the cup metaphor that i was doing no good to anyone i remember my stress was so high and it um manifested physiologically we were doing um a handcuffing drill no big deal i've been the dummy for handcuff drills and dt drills no Typically in a scenario, I'm always the dummy. Boops. And um, no big deal. Well, I got cuffed up. And when they uncuffed me and, you know, whatever, the day was over, my back seized up so badly. I felt like Batman in the 1989 movie where he couldn't move his neck. And I was just kind of like, that's how I drove home. 
And I thought it was. Are you talking it, bad of of fucking Michael Keaton right now? Not at all. Not at all. I'm just using that as like a physical representation of how, like how fucking my body dare you? No, 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 no. It's that's that's like one of the best movies on the in the Batman world. Um, no, no. I'm just saying like I couldn't move my neck. Is how bad it was. And you know, I was like, oh man, I need massage. I need a, a chiropractic. Blah blah blah. No, it was the stress of everything literally on my shoulders causing me to not move. It's just how it manifested. Um, so yeah, so that was a long way of saying that. Um, yeah, I felt like I couldn't take care of others. So I needed to start taking care of myself. Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, as a guy that's transitioned into law enforcement and kind of, you know, obviously you're, you're more of a real person than me because you have a real job and I don't, but <laughs> this, the, the fake online world of Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, what has the reception been for the most part from your, we'll just call it your fan base with you saying, Hey, I'm not a cop anymore. Are people still so cool about it or what, what, what was kind of, what did you see? I guess. So I didn't say anything to anybody for about two months. Uh, I mean, to a few people, but nothing publicly. And I started recording episodes and interviews and I was like playing this role of a guy still as a cop. And I was like, I, I'm bullshitting everybody. Right. So it was, it was, I talked about hitting rock bottom twice. The first time I hit rock bottom was right before uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, I want to say it was like, right as I was coming out of it, like feeling better. Um, I was like, you know what? I need to tell people, I need to stop carrying the weight of this like secret or lie or whatever. Um, and I need to come out with it. So I did. And I, I made an Instagram post and, um, it was, it was basically, I sat in my bedroom or wherever I was. And I just kind of typed this face, this, um, phone note of, you know, what I was thinking, what I was feeling and a bit of a diary. Right. But I, it, I wrote it to share publicly and, um, and I did. It was actually the way uh, one of my supervisors found out who I was behind the uh, behind the phone, which is fine. She's been cool about it. But um, the initial response, I got so much support. They were like, good for you. You know, your mental health comes before this fucking job, blah, blah, blah. And um, it felt good. Right. I felt validated. I felt like, OK, I'm not wrong in what i'm doing because here here's where here's what was pushed into my brain when i was a rookie cop is that if you quit you're a coward now those words weren't put together but i had an fto and and his words resonated more than anyone else's he he basically asked me repeatedly if i was a coward if i was scared blah 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 and then he would follow it up with well hey man if this job isn't for you it's not for you that's not a problem i'll i'll drop you off at mcdonald's right now and i was like when i was deciding when i was in that room and my training office my current or most recent training officer was like you know you still want to do this i was like man i'm not a coward like so that's why i said no i said no 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 i'm good let's 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 go and then we talked a little bit more and that's how I opened up. So when I made the post, I'm like, man, people are going to think I'm a coward that I didn't, you know, that I was afraid that things are getting tough in law enforcement and I, I wanted out. And that wasn't the case. So the initial reaction was fine. Like everybody was perfectly fine. No one thought that. Um, then I started, time went on and then I started getting DMS 
um, and and uh, different reactions where people were like talking a little bit more shit. Um, because I, I think the initial one, I didn't say I went to dispatch. I thought I did, but maybe I didn't. Um, but people were definitely talking, thinking less of me making the switch to the room. Not the vast majority. And this is the part that pisses me off is that I've got mountains of support, but the three naysayers that would leak in would get under my skin every single time. And, um, you know, I'm just making up a ratio, but, um, so I would have people say, you know, most, you know, people have, or different meme pages, you know, through the meme wars or whatever. Some people don't like me and I still don't understand why because I'm a nice guy and I really don't dislike anybody except for copy humor. Um, but it's like, I, I don't understand what people got beef for. And I've had people uh, that know these people personally and go, Hey, that's just their sense of humor. They're just busting balls. Like, they're not busting balls. Like we're not cool like that. If, if they want to have a full conversation, we can. And then, Hey, maybe I'll be okay with him busting balls like this, but it's not cool. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't dig it. So, I mean, I've had people make uh, parody meme accounts about me, uh, call it 10-7 memes, um, uh, just like, oh, these are cop memes made by just a dispatcher, uh, these are cop memes made by a coward, shit like that. And I know, because I address them, and, and you have told me, stop talking to these people, stop letting them get to you, um, I know I'm giving them fuel for that fire. And so... The last time that they were really getting under my skin, because like, you know, like you, I make the merch and uh, my girlfriend helps me come up with ideas. We came up with these bag ideas and uh, they sell very well. <clears throat> and, you know, they're like, oh, of course, the dispatcher came up with the purse idea, whatever. And I was like, yeah, but they're selling really well. Or, or like, yeah, you know, you're right. But I paid my credit card with it. So it's not that big of a deal. And that's logical me. That's me going, no, it's not a big deal. But then when I'm, when I'm in, you know, a self-conscious mood or whatever, it gets, it cuts a little deeper. And, uh, just, um, there's, I got a message like two, three days ago from one of these troll accounts and it's frustrating, man. It gets frustrating where it's like, dude, I made the switch. So I didn't like die. Right. Like, so I didn't eat a gun. You know, like, I don't think I was there and, uh, but I don't want to get there either. And the, the deciding factor for me hanging it up was, you know, I made the move to start a family. I'm going to be here for it. And if I'm, if I'm not going to be here for it, it's not going to be because of some dude that I'm stopping. And if he doesn't turn around and kill me, he's going to be out the next day. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the scales of justice, right didn't make sense to me anymore. The juice was not worth the squeeze. I was like, I'm done. And I've been asked a couple times since I've been in dispatch, Hey, you want back on the road? You want to go through FTO? And I was like, no, like when I sign off at the end of my shift, I have no work stress at all. I don't worry about like, Oh, did this go wrong? Did, did I not submit evidence? Right. Am I going to get subpoenaed for this? Am I getting sued? There is the possibility, right? There's, there's a uh, civil liability and criminal liability and dispatching too. But I, I don't worry about it. Not nowhere near like I did in the when I was on the road. So I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit, I think. But to answer your question, people are mostly supportive and they're still like, hey, go 10-8, you're doing a great thing. But there's there's a weird minority of them that are super loud that 
and I mean, they don't really have a big following to back up their, their veracity, but um, they talk shit and it pisses me off because it's like, why, why would you talk shit about people making a decision to better their lives? Because their lives are terrible and they have nothing better to do. Yeah. I mean, th- think about it in this context. And I, I don't know if any of those types of people listen to my podcast or your podcast, they probably don't. I don't know. Because I would think anybody in their right mind that's listened to you and knows you knows why you got out and did, I think, for appropriate reasons. Right. It's not because you're a coward or I got and I said it on a podcast. I don't know when it's coming out. It might come in after in or out of this. But, you know, if you're a cop in an area and granted it could happen anywhere, but like if you're going out there and doing like the proactive stuff and you know that you could get hung out to dry on it and you still go out and do it you're kind of an idiot, right? I, I hate to be like a dick about it, but at least in, in my view, I guys are going to jail for seemingly justified incidents. Guys are getting charged for justified incidents. And even if they don't go to jail, their life is ruined. Mm-hmm. So I respect, and, and let's be honest, guys, the, the scales of justice to me is a big thing because there's this old argument like, well, you know, as a cop, you know, sometimes the best you can do is get somebody off the street for a day and ruin their night. Okay. I get that to an extent, but right, right. When you're taking people to jail with guns on them that shouldn't have guns. And we allegedly have this big gun problem in this country, but then the next day they're out or they're getting double secret super probation. What's the point? Right. So I, I think so valid for people to ask what's the point and why am I putting myself out there? Yeah. I said, I said before that like there was stress before everything with Jason, everything that got compounded and like, I didn't realize it. I've, I've, I've realized it recently. Um, so last year I said I was in the narcotics unit and I put together this great case file on, on a, on a target house. I had um, literally we hit the house. It was, it was two guys and they were, they're drug dealers. And um, I mean, they weren't like, you know, Scarface or nothing, but they, I mean, for, for where I worked, they were pretty decent size. They, they supplied a lot of methamphetamine to our community and more so, um, I knew they were tight with the bigger fish, right? So at the very least, let's do what we can to flip them, right? That was my idea. Let's do what we can do to flip them or someone in their circle and get the bigger fish. So, because everything where I worked, you know, it was it, just like most narcotics, it was all connected, interconnected with through the web and whatever. So we hit the house. Uh, we find uh, a couple ounces of meth in the guy in the guy's bedroom, right? Um, one, there was some meth found in a bong, right. In bong water. So that kind of helped with the weight, right. Cause then we just take total weight. But the big thing was in their bedroom, there was a, a couch and a TV. And then there was a table in front of it, uh, like a coffee table. There was an ounce of meth, a little bit over an ounce of meth next to the guy, my target's wallet with his ID in it. I was like, fuck it. We win. Like, that's it. That's the home run. Like, and the guy was in the bedroom. Like the guy, they found the guys, the both guys in the bedroom. I was like, we win. That's it. That's the, that's the home run. So we, um, and, and we, we got a search warrant for their DVDs, uh, surveillance that they had. And these dummies, they had a surveillance, um, in the living room of their house, which is or apartment, whatever it was. Um, so you could see them in the house in camera view hours before the SWAT team hit 
and uh and you know there was a like there was a break in the video but there was time stamps right that's what they're there for so it proves that they were there they you know they knew that people were smoking meth in their living room and then they disappeared where we ended up finding them right so i got that i i uh I was listening to jail calls, listening to the guy and the guy flat out goes, he goes, no, nah, man, I know there was nothing in the house because I moved it all. Or he's like, you know, something like that. And he says to another uh, one of his buddy calls on the jail call and goes, uh, man, I haven't been tweaking on anything. He's like, get, and the my target goes, well, get me out and I'll hook you up. I was like, dude, this is fucking gold. So I transcribed these jail calls. I send it to the state attorney. I'm like, there you go. Let's let's get these guys for everything they got offer, you know, make offers. Let's go. He calls me. I'm on vacation in Nashville, Tennessee. He calls me. Oh, and my, my sergeant, I think, I don't know if we said it before we pressed record or not, but my sergeant was a dick. He was super like on top of me about everything about this case, which is fine. I'm good with a thorough case. That's fine. But like he, he was super big about the jail calls, about um, uh, the surveillance video inside the paddy wagon that we stuffed the guys in. He's like, I want everything transcribed. And I was like, okay, but like, the investigation leading up to the search warrants pretty freaking solid. This is just like icing on the top, right? So I did and whatever. So the, the state attorney calls me, the prosecutor for my case. And he goes, hey, man, so uh, so we're going to drop the charges. And I hit him with trafficking methamphetamine, possession of all the other drugs we found. And then Florida has a law um, for having a nuisance property. Basically, if you are a property that contributes to the sale use distribution of narcotics use that's a big one uh that's a felony it's a third degree felony so it's it's the lowest level of felony but it still counts and um we obviously had it like the guy was sitting right next to somebody who's actively smoking meth in a bubble so we're good to go at the very least on that charge but how can you say the guy didn't know he had meth when it was right next to his wallet in his bedroom that he was in well the state attorney calls and goes we're going to drop all charges I was like, I'm sorry, I said, what? And he's like, yeah, we couldn't prove knowledge that he knew that the meth was there. And I was like, you mean the meth that was found in his bedroom next to his wallet with his ID that he happened to be in at the exact same time that we found it? He said, yes. I said, okay, all fine and dandy. Um, what about the nuisance charge? He goes, yeah, no, we're, we're not going to go that route either. I was like, why? He goes, eh, we, we don't have a strong enough case. I was like, you mean the video and the and the the jail calls and everything. So yeah, actually the, uh, the transcription of the jail call is actually hurting your case. I said, how is that hurting my case? He goes, well, he, he claimed that there was no drugs in the house. Uh, so that proves that he didn't know that that, that bag of meth was there. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, that's worse than the, Hey, these aren't my pants argument. Like this is terrible. So he dropped the case and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm not working narcotics. If this is how we're doing it. I was like, what's the point of going after people doing a multi-month investigation on a house, doing buys and, and all this crap. If you're just going to drop a, drop a charge on bullshit, like you had no basis and he, he threw out some case law or whatever, but it was bullshit. So to go back to what you're saying, right? Like what, why, right? Like, why are you going to jump out on people or, you know, risk a, a SWAT team? Like the SWAT team got fought with that night. When, when they hit that house, it wasn't my guy, but another one tried to fight him. It, it was a terrible fight. Like it was, it was one-sided as all day, but like, why are any of these things even an option right now? Like, and, and that's why I left. I went back to patrol and everything. And, um, you know, we can go case by case for everything, but like that specific case, 
was the start of my burnout of like, why am I risking any of this? And then by Jason getting shot and everything, it was like, why is anybody risking anything at all? Like he literally got shot. The guy that shot him, let's say he didn't, he would have been arrested for maybe a drug charge. He didn't have a warrant or anything. So maybe the gun charge, maybe he had some dope on him. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I'm assuming that he would have been out in less than a month for whatever he was getting hooked up for by, by my buddy. So it's like, really, that's what we're going to get shot in the face for is something that you're going to be out in in less than a month. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yep. No, I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you. I mean, I, we, you know, we've talked and I've, I've talked on this podcast about I, I have the itch, man. I have the desire to go back, but you know, sometimes I question it. I'm like, why, why would I put myself through that again? Right now, granted, I, I, I hope and assume out here is better. You know, there's a little more law and order here, but it's just, mm-hmm. well, you and what, you know, a city near you. Right. And it's like, um, people, you know, talk about Florida being great, right? We got, we got DeSantis and he's great because he's vocal, but everything underneath him, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like I work or work in a pretty um, conservative area as a whole, like our district attorney or state attorney in Florida is very uh, conservative. He's, he's actually a, a decent attorney and everything, but his prosecutor sucked uh, postscript to my story. That prosecutor got, he didn't get fired, but he got reassigned to like civil claims or divorce court or something like he is no longer the narcotics prosecutor. There's um whatever his name is, uh, I, I won't say it, but he, uh, there's like a rule like, Hey, we're not doing that. So there was a, a, a good postscript to the story. Like, you know, now they prosecute shit and they're, they're back to being good about it because of that case a little too late though. Right. Like I'm gone and, and it, it, it crushed my morale. Um, and there's, you know, in Florida, there's issues everywhere. Um, I took a class with a guy who was a deputy in a, uh, in a very kind of left-leaning area, the uh, state attorney was sponsored by George Soros. He's indicted for a shooting that he was cleared for a year prior. So it's like, you know what? Yes. Is Florida a great state? Sure. Does, does DeSantis kind of make my wiener hard some days? Yes. But, <laughs> but it still has issues. It's not perfect. So, you know, by you saying your area is, is more law and order, sure. But I'm sure there's issues there. Yeah, I'm sure there is too. I'm sure there is too. So would you say like with a hundred percent certainty that you would never go back and push a radiator ever again? A hundred percent. No. Uh, we're probably about 80% right now. Um, I've looked at, you know, I've got different certifications and everything. Um, I've looked into law enforcement aspects without being law enforcement, not like a security guard, not like that, but um, for example, I've got uh, a crime prevention certification through the state. I've got um, just different little things that I picked up that can be used on the civilian side. And I was like, you know what? If I privately contract it, doing stuff like that, like crime, um, crime analysis, crime prevention analysis, stuff like that for private companies, that could be a, a nice little penny. Like that could be fun. It's, it's interesting. I've had this certification for over a year now and I've used it once. Um, I've even kind of pitched the idea when I was getting hired by my agency about doing something with it. 
this is as a when I was a cop and there was a captain who was super on board. He's like, yeah, I'm looking to bring that into the agency. You know, I'd, I'd really like to pick your brain about it. I was like, hell yeah, bro. Then I get hired and find out that he just retired. I was like, what the, what the hell? Um, so I, you know, and since being in dispatch, I was like, well, there, there are ways to go about doing it. Uh, but staffing, they're not going to let me like, I'm, I'm stuck in dispatch. Not, I mean, take it or leave it dispatch is whatever. But, um, so to answer your question, I'm not a hundred percent done. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely like, I have no, there are days that I'm like, yeah, it'd be fun, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much at the point of been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got the back pain. I'm on to something else now. And I just recently re- enrolled back into school. And I think that's what I'm going to put all my time and effort into. Fair enough. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I did want to hit before we get too far, the dispatching stuff, because uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure it's not never happened before, but I think it's probably fairly uncommon for somebody to go into law enforcement and then transition into dispatching. Right. How Usually has, it's the other way around. Exactly. How has that been for you? Like, tell from i guess from a cop's perspective what have you learned um cops are lazy (laughs) that cops will cut corners uh there's there's calls that come in and we dispatch out and i'm like oh man this is going to be an arrest all day like or or what we call down here a baker act where uh it's a mental health um uh involuntary mental health evaluation so we take you to the hospital or whatever closest receiving facility and you get evaluated for 72 hours or up to 72 hours. And I'm like, oh man, this person's getting Baker acted. They, they're not either than a squirrel turd. And then they don't. And I'm like, how? Or like, you know, when you're talking to someone on the phone and, you know, they're screaming bloody murder. Oh my God, he just stabbed me. And then there's nothing. There's no arrest, no nothing. And I'm like, what happened? How? Like what? And um, it's not fair in, in most cases because I can't see what's going on. I don't hear the interviews and everything, but I definitely like I Monday morning quarterback the shit out of the people that work um, the road where I work. I'm like, what happened? How did, how did we get, how, how is nothing being done? And then it really pisses me off when we go back there later that shift. And it's like, well, if you're arrested on the first time, jackass, like that's, how, that's my mentality, right? Like it's, I hate to be like, I know better than you, but that's sometimes how it feels. It's like my old agency, if we got called out for a domestic violence and there was an allegation of, of violence and there was a, even the smallest shred of proof that yes, this happened. Someone was getting arrested. Like we, we, my my old agency, we had an incident before I even started where something should have been done. It wasn't. They left overnight. The guy ended up killing the the female. Uh, both officers got fired. It became this big deal. So that was always our policy from then on out. If there's an allegation, doesn't matter if it's like the smallest bit of probable cause. You're arresting on it. At the very least, it, you know, like you said, it, it, it ruins someone's night or whatever. It, basically, I called it like when I arrested someone that I didn't want to arrest for DV where I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. I'd be like, man, it's, it's adult timeout. You'll get clear. You'll be good. Sucks, though, because people were getting people got jammed up for it, too. Like the moment baby mama or whatever got pissed, she was like, oh, he hit me. Look, I got I got a handprint on me. And he's like, she put it on her. It, it, it does get messy. But so being in dispatch well hold on a second though let me to be fair here so i know there was lots of times where i'd read dispatch notes where i'm like oh this is fucking out of control and then you get there 
And people do the thing where they'll call 911 and say a bunch of shit, but then when the cops get there, they don't talk or you figure right, out they right. lied about Style it and shit like that. Down, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, no. And that, and you know, my girlfriend's been a dispatcher for eight years. So she's kind of like, it's fun for her. Cause I'm, I come home and I bitch about whatever. And she's like, Oh, you know, you're such a noob. And, um, and she, she's done that to me. She's like, well, you know, people say shit just to get the police there super quick. And then you get there and it's not. And I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Or like, you know, um, the, the, the uh, typical, Oh, I'm in a car crash. Are there any injuries? No. Well, the response takes a while. They call back and go, Oh man, did I tell you that my arm's broken? Like, it's crazy. Do you want an ambulance? No, I don't. But, you know, I'm injured. So you guys got to step up your response. And it's like, fucking stupid. Um, so, yeah. So I know that there's a balance. I know that, you know, people are full of shit. I get that. But there's still times where I get frustrated or like the, the serious ones are like, and I'm going to say this, but then I have to, I kind of have to rebut myself. If I'm on 911 with someone who's in the middle of a fight or whatever, or like they're scared, they're petrified of whatever's going on, they're locked themselves in a bedroom and I'm watching the screen and it's like taking the cops forever to get where they need to go. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here, man? Like this, this lady's terrified and then whatever happens. So that frustrates me. But I also get on the flip side, like I've been uh, on the road and you get called to a disturbance or whatever. And you're like, oh, officer time, we'll figure this one out. Like we can, we'll, we'll, we're going but I mean, you know, we're, we're going to be 10 and two the whole way observing the speed limit, you know, whatever the case may be. Or there's a second part of that is that you're getting there as fast as you can. And I get that. Um, so there, there's frustrations from not seeing things. And I think when I've talked to dispatchers in the past, they get frustrated, like not knowing the call outcome or whatever. That part doesn't bother me. I really don't give a shit. As soon as the phone hangs up, I'm on to the next one. Um, but I just get frustrated with like, how things go on sometimes but i at the same time i also get it i get for me and i i i experienced this on the road i don't know if you've experienced this yet but i hated when cops tried to have dispatch figure out the call for them uh-huh. rather than just go like i get there's times where there's pertinent information that wasn't received that that needs to be taken care of i get that but like, you know, cops like, well, call him back and ask him this and that. And that's like, motherfucker, you have a phone, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Either that or it's like, just go to the fucking call, bro. Like, figure it out. Like, it's we, we have a couple guys that as they're responding, they're trying to cancel the call so they don't have to go or whatever. And it's like I had one guy who was, you know, doing that, playing 20 questions with me. And I, I said to I, I hung up the phone with him for like the third time. Where I, you know, I tend for him for the thir- third time or whatever. I turn him to the room and I go, you know, I gave up my badge. This is not my job anymore to inter- in- investigate these calls. Like that's what he gets paid for. And they, they laughed and I'm like, but it's fucking true. Like go, to- <laughs> like I, I now don't get me wrong. There are times when, you know, uh, we had a call where someone called from Arizona or New Mexico or something and said that their brother was involved in a car accident. He called them instead of us or, rescue we only knew police but he called his family instead and was like oh you know i'm in a crash i'm bleeding everywhere i don't know where i am blah 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 so they call us and i'm like shit how how the hell am i gonna find this out we ended up finding it and uh it was in a different jurisdiction but we ended up figuring it all out and um that stuff's cool like cool like we literally manifested an entire call out of nothing just this is the guy's name this is what his car looks like and we ended up finding it 
Um, but yeah, it, it gets frustrating when cops try to have dispatch investigate the call completely. Like we're, <laughs> and the other thing is that like so much is going on in this room that you never, never know. Like when you're on the road, you have no idea. And, and I can't speak for all agencies because my old agency wasn't like this, but we do call taking dispatching and teletype all at the same time. And um, that includes all the requests that the road sends out, like, oh, call a tow, call a neighboring agency and ask them this, call the RP back and ask them this. We're doing all that as well as answering the phones, answering 911s, dispatching calls out, taking in things. And in my agency, it's typically just two people in the room doing all that shit. And all you hear when, when all that's going on, right? Because like, obviously the cop is working his call and he's asking all this stuff and all he hears is, all right, step four, right? Like, that's all you hear. You don't, I'm not going to be like, hey man, pump your brakes a little bit. I got some shit going on here. You got to wait. We don't say that, you know? And it's, um, and, and when, when cops do come in, they're like, holy shit, I could never do this. It's like, it gives, for me, it gives my ADHD a freaking like hyperdrive, like I'm going crazy. Uh, to me, I, the way I describe it is it's like, remember that game Diner Dash where like you got to tend to your tables then you got to go back to the cook and get whatever and all that stuff. That's what dispatch is like because you got to balance all these different things and then make sure everybody's satisfied and then hope you didn't forget something, which happens every once in a while. It reminds me of the meme with uh, Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men where he's like, I, I feel like I forgot something. And then John Carter's like, if you forgot it, then it wasn't important. He's like, yeah, you're right. And then found out that the kid was, you know, stuck in the I'm making it to, I'm going, right when we get done recording this, I'm going to make a meme about a forgetting a tow truck. Nice. With that, he inspired nice. that. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'll forget about it. But. Probably. Probably will. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to the podcast. I want to talk to you about my buddy Brad Williams over at Police Fit. You guys see him on the page every single Monday on Poorly Made Police Memes. Brad's going to help the new applicants and active officers smash their fitness and regain their health. Brad has 11 years experience in the fitness industry, 17 years in the military, and is also a first responder. He's going to share his experience and expertise to help applicants get their dream job and help active first responders regain their health. That's Police Fit. And I'll have a link for you on the podcast description. Back to the podcast. Let me ask you this. And I don't know what your opinion was before you were in dispatch, but do you consider a dispatcher a first responder? So, yes, I do. Um, But I think it needs to be worded differently. Like, it's we're not a high-risk first responder, but we are the first responder literally to several incidents, right? Like my first 911 call when I was training, my first 911 call, it was like five o'clock in the evening. And my trainer's like, Hey, the first 911 call comes in, you're picking it up and you're dealing with it. I was like, all right, cool. I got it. And I get it. And so the way we go is the County gets the 911 call and it gets transferred to us. Um, which for people that don't know, that's called a secondary PSAP. Anyway, (laughs) nerdy shit for dispatch. Um, so we answer, I get it. And she goes, the the county operator goes hey transferring you someone uh who's got a gun in his mouth what and i yeah and i was like fuck i was like not ready for that one i was ready for the car crash with no injuries that they call 911 because it's the only number they know like whatever and um that was one of those calls that i was like the cops need to get there like right now like they need to already have been there um and you know it everything kind of ended up being whatever and that was a thing where the person didn't get baker acted and i was like how he had the and it was a 
whatever. No big deal. What I mean, I'm still confused, but I'm not losing sleep over it. And that's... did you read the call notes though? Yeah, I did. It was. I mean, I I think it was probably uh, exaggerated more than it was. I'm surprised that no enforcement action got taken, but I didn't see what they saw. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't have those interviews, and the way they they summed up the call in the call notes, and I'm sure they did a report, but I didn't. I didn't read it. But it made sense that they didn't take enforcement action. It's just this is what I was dealt with on the phone. And that was the outcome. I was very confused. Um, but so, yeah, I think, I think we count as first responders, obviously no risk, like, you know, no one's, no one's trying to shoot us. No one's trying to run, run us over or whatever, but shit like that. And like, I've talked to dispatchers who have had people, you know, eat a gun on the phone with them. I pray that never happens. Cause I don't know how I would deal with it. Um, and, and, or worse shit, you know, like, um, we don't get medical calls, but, um, I know that there's dispatches that get calls like, oh my God, my baby's not breathing. What do I do? And then they have to coach the, the parent to do CPR or whatever it might be. And you don't know what that outcome is, or maybe you do, but in that moment, that, that, that moment of stress, it's a lot, you know, and when you start talking about PTSD and, and the, the benefits that come from being a first responder on like the, the back end, um, I, I think for sure that that um, dispatchers and call takers should be considered first responders if, if for nothing else for those benefits of proper mental health and treatment. You know, it's that's kind of where I land on that. I mean, like, I honestly don't give a fuck as far mm-hmm. as, you know, if they're considered first responders or not. I mean, I think it's funny to make memes about it and kind of pick fun at it. I think that's yeah. fine. But I always think it's funny when people want to withhold something from somebody else. Like, well, you're not really that. So you don't get this. It has no effect on you. Mm-hmm. It has no effect. Well, on it, co- it comes down to the, uh, the, the arrogance and the ego, right? Like, Oh, well they don't do what I do. So it doesn't count. Like, dude, motherfucker. It doesn't matter. Like it has no play on you. Like just because, Oh, well, you know, I- firefighter right like oh i run into burning built yeah okay they claim they do i guess i don't know but um you know oh we go through danger they don't it doesn't count like that's not the definition of a first responder first off secondly it plays nothing into you besides possibly hurting your ego to be uh compared or you know on the same playing field as someone who's in an office but they're still doing not a dangerous job but they're doing a an important public safety job and which let's, let's be frank. Like if there were no dispatchers, cops, EMS fire would not be able to do their job. Like they are, so, especially in modern days, so reliant on their dispatchers. Like they can't, we were just talking about all the shit that they make dispatch do. Um, so a vital part that they do deal with highly stressful situations, like get your ego out of it and allow it to be. That's, that's my say on it. So let me ask you this now with, you know, the dust is kind of settled. Have you taken the thin blue line sticker off of your car and put in the thin <laughs> gold line on your car now? So no, I, I have one cop sticker on my car. Well, it's sort of cop. It's uh, from Sheepdog Nation. Anyone who was a member of that way back when. And the only reason it hasn't come off is because I don't want to fuck up my my rear windshield. Um, I'm, I'm really just waiting for it to fall off by itself. Um, for Dispatcher Week back in April... I had very mixed feelings and I was kind of like 
not about it. Right. Um, there was right before that, there was um, like a ceremony celebrating new hires and everything. Cause they hadn't have had a ceremony of that throughout COVID up until that point. And I didn't go, I didn't really, this is when I was still kind of dealing with things. And I was like, well, like I hired as a cop. I'm not a cop. Uh, I don't really feel like celebrating dispatch. Cause in my mind at that time I was settling. Um, I'm not doing it. Then dispatcher appreciation week came in April and I got shanghaied into going to the proclamation with the city council. Uh, they were like, come on, man, let's go. I was like, no, I really, I don't want to go. And they're like, no, come on, let's go. Let's, you know, I want you to see, I was like, I don't want to go. Um, you guys go, I'll work the phones. Just, I don't want to go. And they're like, no, I'm not really asking you go. And I was like, fuck. So I went, sat through it, took a picture with the, the city council and the mayor and whatever. Uh, I played along with dispatcher week. You know, they were, they were not dress up days, but more dressed down days, really. I was like, all right. I mean, it's cool. I get to wear jeans to work. That's pretty cool. Um, I don't think I'll ever be like toting around the thin gold line. It's just, it's not my thing. First off, I think I realized that like, it's not an identity thing. Like, I think we get so caught up on the law enforcement side. Like, oh man, well, I think we all, I think all first responders get so tied up on the identity thing. It becomes part of our identity, so to speak. And um, for one reason or another, I, and I think I've learned through all this that none of it matters. Uh, Your thin blue line does not make you a, a better person or a cool person or whatever. Like it's a job. Yeah. It takes a specific type of person to do these jobs, but it's a job. Um, that's where the whole job versus calling thing, like, yes, I, Joe Schmo is not going to be a cop. I get that. And it does take a special kind of person with a certain type of fortitude to do the job as with firefighting, EMSing, dispatching, all that crap. I get that, but that's it. It's a job at the end of the day, when you quit, they're going to replace you. If you die, they're going to replace you. Like it's, I've, I've been saying since all this, like it's the most, uh, toxic relationship i've ever been in uh you give everything you get really nothing back which which i had a conversation with someone was like well what do you expect it's a job and i was like you're right it's a job like you don't if you're working at a bank if you're working anywhere else in the world uh you don't expect anything from your employer besides your paycheck every week or every other week whatever it is and that's where i was like you know what that's it so i i i I no longer identify as my job, which is great. Like I do dispatching. I do it well. I'm not, you know, I'm good at it. Um, I do have, and I keep looking at it while I'm talking. I do have a, the calm voice in the dark notebook. I, I got it in dispatch week. Uh, one of the raffles they did or whatever, but just because I wanted a notebook, like, it has nothing to do with the thing. Gold. I was like, is there a way we can cover up the fruity thing? Gold That's line? Like, probably going to be the name of the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's whatever. Like, I don't, I still, me, my life, my identity is not tied to the job. And it took a minute. It did take a minute. Like, man, I'm not a cop anymore. I'm fucking, like we were talking about, like I had this imposter syndrome going on and I felt like a, a coward and shit like that. But as soon as I started like being okay with that part of it, like, no, I'm not a coward. That's not why I quit, whatever. Then it's like, you know what? It is what it is. I work a job. I do it well. I get paid. I go home. And then my real life begins. The moment I walk through the door, I see my girlfriend. I see, you know, the dog and her daughter and we do our stuff. That's my life. Did you put you the know? dog in front of the daughter. 
<laughs> because the dog <laughs> lives with us full time, the daughter doesn't. That's the only reason okay. why. Um, Judgment free zone here, Ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's in the other room. Hopefully, she didn't pick that up. Um, That'll be but, years of therapy for her. Yeah, it's okay. I know a guy. Um, but any, anyway, so that's that's where it's at. I mean, am I proud of the job I do? Sure, but it, that's that's kind of where it ends. No, I I hear that, and it's it's kind of funny, man. It it came up in another podcast again that I, is not out, and I'm not sure if it's coming out before this one or not. But the whole identity thing where just the identities that people assume with law enforcement, like, you, you know, you'll see people like your memes or comment on your memes. It happens to me too, where their identity is their username. Oh yeah. And I, I, you know, I like the, I can't repeat it because then everybody will have my email address, but the email address I have is my identity from when I was in eighth grade. Okay. Crownvic6969 at yahoo.com. 420 your mom oh. <laughs> uh then you had it yes but that but here's the difference is i was uh 12 i was 12 and you have grown-ups going into social media and i'm kind of and i hate if, sorry if i offend any of you guys i'm just i'm telling you how it is don't don't put your identity out there like that I don't know. I think it just pegs you. Now, if you're like trying to be an influencer or whatever, and that's what you got to do. Okay. I guess that's what you got to do, but it just, I don't know, man, people make their identity, these fucking fragile things. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're not even real things. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I mean, like, I think we, well, uh, as far as social media and influencers and stuff like that, I think that's just the age we're in. Um, Like I hate, and we've talked about this. I hate that a lot of my time is put into 10 8 like i get it you know and and good things have come from it and even like the people that i have met which is like less than five percent but the people that i have met from instagram go oh you're 10 8 and i'm like ah no actually my name is this but you know whatever yeah and i i we've talked about it when people get in my dms and they piss me off i'm like how do i explain to my girlfriend that someone i've never met is pissing me off to the point of like actual frustration. Like the internet drama is just so stupid. And I don't think that's necessarily uh, it becoming my personality or like a, a personality trait, but the fact that it occupies so much of my consciousness frustrates me sometimes we're to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to end the whole damn thing. Like not because like this, the last like two weeks where I was trying to get to 40 K and I, I got frustrated one night <clears throat> and I, posted i was like man if i don't have 40k i'm just i'm done like i'm gonna take a hiatus and i got a little clowned on that but it wasn't because like oh man i'm not getting 40k it's because it was occupying so much of my brain that it was like not worth it you know what i mean like that's where the frustration lies is that i hate that it lives rent free in my brain so much i think you're a lot like me where for the most part i answer every single dm yep Mm mm-hmm at the very least, I'll give them a double tap like, but yes, I, I respond. Yeah, I try to respond because I feel like it's what's owed, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong. I, I know some some other social media type people that don't do that, but I, I just feel like on my end, you know, the people took the time to message me because it was important enough to them. So I'm going to take a couple minutes to do that. But yeah. it starts and I, I don't want people to hear this and like think it's complaining. I just want to put some context into this to kind of dive into what we're going to talk about next. But 
it starts to just kind of eat at you because then you, you, you see other things going on throughout the country that maybe is not getting news attention. So that starts to piss you off where you see, you know, guys will message me and like, guess what's going on in my department? Guess what's going on in my city? And it just, it occupies a lot of time in my head. Mm-hmm. Like this shit fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to segue a little bit, the other thing that just, I, I think me and you, you're, I, I don't know the great way to put it, but uh, you're kind of the guy I come to when I have a bitch about something. I'm uh-huh. like, hey, yeah. check this out. And it, it kind of is back and forth. Me and you spend a lot of time um, in our DMs making fun of people. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's not proactive. It's, uh, proactive is the wrong word. It's not productive to go out there and clown people because it's kind of like the same team, right? Right. Like what good is it going to do for me to like start some fucking internet drama with some guy I don't actually fucking know? There's no point. So, you know, we just kind of vent to each other, but yeah, everything on the internet is so it's fake. Like people put on this facade, this fake personality, and it's not who they actually are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, so, and I think, no, go ahead, buddy. I was just thinking like, and that's where it gets frustrating is because I try to be very authentic because I have, I have nothing to gain by lying, you know, or, or not even lying, just pontificating or acting a certain way. Um, so obviously the memes are very, I want to say generic, but like anybody could post the memes that I made. No big deal. Um, in the stories, I kind of get a little more personal and like, I'll show my dog or I'll show like today I showed my dad. Um, and I show, I, I get a little bit more personal with it. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't front, I don't act a certain way. I just do my thing. And it gets frustrating when people do act a certain way and they, they show a certain, you know, side of them that loves like, like I'm going to try not to get too high on the soapbox, but seeing like certain influencers, um, you know, they get all dolled up and they're, they're posting and they're doing this and they're, Hey, check out this, uh, me on this app or this on the, I'm like, bitch, I've seen you in the supermarket. You look like a crackhead, like stop, like be you. I, I, but that's the thing. I don't think they have the personality where they can be them and have the um, following they do and, and make the money off their sponsors that they do, which good on you, right? You're making the money, but it, it just gets frustrating. Or when people believe one thing and then next week they believe something totally different because that's what's trendy and that's what's going to make them some money. Like and, that- <clears throat> <laughs> and it's just like, man, stop, just be you. Like if you, and to, to kind of touch on that one like i remember way back in the day he was pushing something and it was when i was like brand new in the cop thing so he responded to one of my messages like oh my god he responded that's so cool and like i signed up like he was selling um he was beta testing like an energy drink or something i was like yeah man i'll try it out and then the next week he was selling something else and then he was selling something else i'm like whoa like i was happy you responded to me so i wanted to support you right because that's kind of person I am. I can't buy every single product that you're pushing. So I'm out. You know what I mean? And there's, there's so many pages where like, I like the guy or the, the person and I follow them. And then it's like, wait a second, this is just one big advertisement after another, like be hey, you. You're talking I'd about be- my page right now. One big advertisement <laughs> That's after right. Another. That's right. Yeah. How many patches you got now? Uh, I got a lot of patches, man. Yes, a ton of patches. I saw you started getting into the patch game a little bit, bro. I've been in the patch game. I just haven't really. I'm waiting until I set up my PO box so people can start sending me more. But um, 
yeah, I've got two full patch boards right here and I've got like a whole uh, Tupperware container full of them. Yeah. And to, I guess to get back into what we were talking about as far as like the fakeness and the selling stuff, like I'm all about going after money. I mean, like I have, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and, and just so people, I think the people that listen to the podcast know, like I don't put just whoever on as like an, you know, quote unquote, an advertiser. Like these are, you know, former cops, first responders, maybe active guys that are trying to grow their business helps me. It helps them kind of thing. So I could right. see how I know some people don't like it. I, I get it. I totally get it. But I don't know, honestly, like for me to make this work to, you know, to, I don't right. want to say and shit it, out the content. Like it's, it's one of those things you have to do, but I feel right. like at and the I, same time, I haven't sold out though, in a sense where I'm exactly. still doing what I want to do. Um, and I you have a- your standards for who you advertise with. And it's like, like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I feel like they all have the same sponsors. Like, am I going to get manscaped and athletic greens and you know all the same i feel like there's got to be a website where it's like oh do you want to be involved in this sponsor and this sponsor and this sponsor and is or like you know butcher box or whatever and it's like you're still authentic with who you sponsor with same with me like i've had uh you know uh, not as many sponsors as you but i've had a couple and exactly the same thing i try to keep it either law enforcement or first responder own and operate it either current or prior or whatever um and you know whatever it might be and even i've had sponsors where other people were like hey like they're a clown like they're not a good thing i'm like they in my head i don't i don't really get into it because it, it's no business of theirs but it's like in my head they checked all the boxes they seem legit there you go and if you think that you could do a better job lay your price bro like i'll i'll either replace or i will add like you know what i mean like don't don't come on to me talk a little shit about whoever I'm, I'm working with or sponsoring with. If you're not going to do anything, then you're just complaining. Like I, I, that's how I feel about it. Like I'm not selling my soul to just whoever, right. I'm not, I'm not getting buns of steel cream and being like, Hey, check this out. 10, eight approved, not my thing, but they are companies or purposes that I do believe in. Like right now I'm sponsored with um, a law enforcement based PR firm, which is important because I think law enforcement agencies need to get their message out. And I'm, I'm working with a nutrition and fitness company because that's important too. Like those things are important to me. So then I am, you know, and, and they want to sponsor or they want to work with me. Those are, those are my things. You know what I mean? Like, so the, the fact that you have sponsors and you're trying to make a little money from this and whatever, like that doesn't bother me. Do I, I don't, I don't think I've even busted your balls about it. Like, it, no, it's you just, haven't. No, I was just, it, I was like, man, that kind of sounds like me. I got to rethink my life. But well, what I was going to say though, is like, I'll have people that they're like, man, you sold out. And I said, well, why do I sell out? And it's like, cause you have sponsors on your page. And I'm like, you don't like money. Right. Am I not like allowed to, you know, am I just basically like, am I, you're just your entertainment and I, I can't make any money. I can't sell mm-hmm. t-shirts. I, I can't do this because it's, you know, the entertainment. I mean, it, you know, a lot of those people too are upset that, you know, I laughed and I, I consider me a grifter because I'm making money off of law enforcement. You know what? I got to be honest, man. I, I've kind of come to peace with that where there's, look, man, if you're somebody and I don't think those people listen to the podcast, so I'm speaking to no one, I hope right now, but if you're somebody that doesn't like that, I left and you have a problem with me you know, doing law enforcement content and talking about those things and making money off of it. I get it. I get it. You're still out there. You're fucking doing hard work. And I'm just this guy in a basement that makes podcasts. I don't, 
I don't blame you. Like if you're upset and you want to be mad about it, that's up to you, man. Like you can be, you can be upset about it. So I've kind of come to peace with that. Like people, cause they're within their rights to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I honestly, like, I don't have a big issue with it. I mean, like, dude, there's so many people out there that have officer, whatever attributed to their name mm-hmm. and they haven't been cop in a decade or they were a cop for like, you know, three a months yeah. in a, in a, in a small chicken. town. And that, you know, I look at some of those folks and I'm like, well, they're a fucking grifter, man. Like they, they, That's you know, like I, mm-hmm. I felt like I was kind of in the shit and I did, I did some fucking time, man. Not, not forever, but I did some fucking time and put some people in jail and went through some shit. And, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with that. No, no. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think first thing I wanted to say is that if you're one of these naysayers that have problems with poorly made or, or now me uh, leaving the job and making podcasts and talking about job stuff, um, but you're listening and you're, you know, taking the time out of your day to listen, interact on the internet, whatever, you might want to rethink your purpose in life because that's like, why, why entertain something you dislike, right? Like that, why? Um, that's why like the trolls and stuff, I'm like, they secretly have to like me, right? Because why else? I'm not going to go out and seek things I don't like and then, you know, interact with them. That's just, that's a waste of my time. I got more important things to be doing. Um, so that, that was that. And there, there are, see, and that's where I almost feel like a hypocrite because there are people that piss me off that, did that right like that they were cops they still keep the name or like you know retired law enforcement bitch you quit like stop saying you're retired like i'm i'm not saying i retired i didn't retire if you're collecting a pension and you like actually did retire okay cool but you didn't you were in the job for attention you got the attention and now you're keeping it because it's making you money and it's like you're that to me that level counts as a fraud because it's i don't know and 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 the other thing is with with the way you and i do uh sponsorships and everything we don't show our face right we're not out there being spokespersons for whatever product we're pushing so it gets a little bit more difficult on how we're gonna you know advertise and that's where it gets difficult like i can i can't because i choose not to i can't get on a camera and go hey you need to check out ben gay because you know like i can't weird that you took that but well, I was I, I was going to go with KY, but I figured we're, we're on a good thing here. Um, but honestly, I was still on butt cream and I was like, no, I already made that joke. I got to go with something else. And Ben Gay was the one that came. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that I've had to make you explain that in way more detail than you should have. But yeah, continue it's on. it's fine. It's fine. If you want to if you want to know every single creative thought that comes through my brain, I'll I'll I'll, I'll go down that road with you. Um, but um no. So that's, that's what makes it difficult is that you and I don't get on the, you know, the front of the camera and push our products that we're either selling, supporting, whatever. And that's what makes it difficult. We have to be a little bit more creative and reliant on other ways of doing it. And honestly, you know, we, you and I talk about like the podcast posts that we make, they don't do very well. The merch posts for me, at least don't do very well. And I've wondered in the past, like, man, if I just walked out there and like, hey, this is my T-shirt, it may do a little bit better than just like, hey, here's a static picture of my T-shirt. I don't know, know, man. I not to. okay. so I got I got two things I have to address. The first I was going to say, at least for the the promotion post, I've talked to like a lot of of folks that do that stuff. um, And they said it's just for whatever reason lately, it's just 
Instagram's like, nope, you want to sell some shit? Fuck you. But I was going to say, like, I know Officer Baker, he has a huge following. And I noticed he's been trying to sell some T-shirts. And it seems like those posts go nowhere. And I'm like, mm. this guy's got a huge page and it's even getting him. So, um, well, I guess why we're talking about this, something me and you have talked about quite a bit. It's this online social media world, especially within like the cop realm and shit. It's almost like the police department. still. you still have all the fucking different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you got the guys that, you know, talk a whole bunch of shit that probably do nothing. And they honestly make the worst memes. The people that talk the most shit make the worst memes. Am I off base with that? No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's like, you know, some of them... <sighs> do i want to name name no i won't but there's there's like one of those troll accounts who has has spawned several other trolls and uh it's like you know when when he first joined instagram and we were talking i actually talked a lot and and we had i like the dude i didn't get all of his memes because they were very specific to his region but no big deal then time passed and then his memes got so much worse and i'm like where and then we had a falling out because again we're in high school and we're children um and it's like i was like what happened like you're not even funny anymore what's going on here and it's like i maybe i don't get the humor i don't know but i i like to think that i am pretty accepting of a lot of different blends of humor but i don't get it and there there are there's a there's another guy right now actually it should have brought this up earlier where you know said that i left because i couldn't handle it anymore or whatever and accused me of stealing his meme that one and uh <clears throat> i was like i don't even know what his memes are like i don't even follow the dude i've been blocked or he blocked me or i blocked him i don't know for months so i don't even know what his memes are but i'm guessing they're trash yeah dude it's just it's just i don't know it's just kind of funny and like sometimes i, I get here's a perfect example is the meme wars where I think sometimes like the shit talking come like starts out kind of like cheeky and fun uh-huh. and then like no one really knows where to end it appropriately. And, and then, then it, it gets just, way too and it just gets way like personal and out of control. And then that kind of speaks to another thing I wanted to touch on is you can't tell intent online, right? Uh-huh. Where like right. maybe somebody leaves me a message or drops a comment where I'm like, why is this guy being a fucking asshole? And then I end uh-huh. up talking to him. I'm like, oh, no. That's funny what they said. I just right. I missed it completely. Which, which you know, if we want to talk about, it, like you and I kind of had a minor falling out because something I said was taken the wrong way or, or whatever. And you're right. You in text and in memes, you can't tell the intent. And that's kind of like what I was saying, where people were trolling me, and someone that knew them was like, "Nah, man, they're just being sarcastic. They're not like they have no issue with you." I was like, "Well, I don't. I'm not taking it as that. So perception's reality." So if I think that they're just being a dick, they're being a dick until they prove otherwise. And that's where people I like, like you, um, when I have things where I'm like, that kind of hit kind of weird, I'll message you and be like, hey, man, this is kind of how it came off. Or you'll message me and be like, what do you mean by that? Because we're adults and we can have conversations. And obviously you and I have kind of gotten personal to the point of like, you know, we actually talk. um, And exchange dick pics. And dick pics, yep. And um, sorry, mine's so tiny. It's just kind of what I got. Um, so that, I mean, that's where it gets weird. Um, and there's, I mean, there's people, again, I talked about the one, but there's another page that when this page first came out, we talked a lot and had a good conversation. Like I enjoyed the person, I enjoyed their memes. And then out of nowhere, just 
they fell off the deep end and we start and it was through the meme war things got weird and i was like how did we fall so far like this, why and to the point where like they disappeared for a while they came back and i was like you know what i'm just gonna block them i don't want the drama i don't you know it's not i don't do drama like in my personal life there's very little drama in my life um and then the moment i blocked them someone came up and was like whoa why'd you block them they're super pissed i'm like can we figure out if we want to follow me and like be cool or what like i don't you know and it's it gets well, super frustrating and, and very high school like but i think I think it's kind of a, a bigger symptom or a symptom of, of a bigger problem because I feel like a lot of the issues within our society are because of the internet and oh, sure. yeah. the way people write and discuss things. Now, I think there's part of it is sometimes you can't tell intent with words typed out, but then I think there's sometimes where people will use words that they would never use in person or in public or that they'll never have to answer to online and it causes problems. But what I really want to talk about is I think sometimes like I'm even like a meme, like where memes should be a little easier to interpret, but mm -hmm. people will drop comments and you know, you just can't understand and guys will get into arguments and waste a whole bunch of time on stupid stuff where I just want to make a stupid dick joke or I want to make a fat <laughs> joke or right. whatever it is. And then people lose a whole lot of time on it where I'm like, I just want you to laugh at the silly picture. Right. I don't know, man. It's just no, it, no. I, I think you're absolutely I mean, right. Like I make memes for the most part, you know, to forget about the actual stress of job of the job, and um, for people to get bent out of shape over any part of it. And and you know, if I want to make a stupid T-shirt that says goons on it, like that one, I can't believe people get so butthurt over the damn goons thing. Like I, oh, I, I make, make fun of you in my head about the goons thing. But like, so <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. The goons thing exists because unit to back used to make all the, or still does make all this punk rock related merch. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to try that out. And I was like, what logo has he not used? And I was like, Oh, the Ramones. What can I, what has divisions where I could put around the Ramones logo. And that's where goons came from literally because it fit the design idea. Um, you know, it, do i make fun of people that are like man i'm a i'm a goon yeah of course i do like i you know it's like i never considered myself a goon and you know whatever point being what i don't even know what the point is well no, I, uh, I just i just i'm being a dick so no i mean yeah what else is new um yeah. we the point being it here's what it is is that i don't you and i and all the meme pages, I mean, except for like the ones who are purposely being dicks because they're trolls, do it for fun, right? We do it to either decompress ourselves or to help other people decompress, which is kind of how it started with me was is for my own decompression. And then when I realized that other people were able to decompress from it, I was like, oh, there's some even more good that can come from this. There's no malintent. Like, yeah, every once in a while I might make a pointed meme at a certain person or whatever but it's really not serious like if that person messaged me or called me or whatever or if i ever met the person like i wouldn't wish anything ill on them at all um because it, it they're funny pictures on the internet you know what i mean like there's nothing more to it than that for me and you know it i was thinking about it uh the past couple of days where you know there's been a little rift between me and another page and it's just like dude talk to me 
find out what I'm about and let's let's let bygones be bygones. Either we're gonna stop talking shit or like we'll do it in a funny way. And like I don't know. I don't I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape. And I think it it is it, it's like high school where like you know kids bully each other over the internet because you know they feel so tough behind the screen and then it's like like I'm not gonna fight anybody over a meme. I'm just not like it's not that big of a deal to me. Parking it's, lot three fifteen. Yeah, yeah, let's go by the flagpole. Like, come on, man. It's so stupid. If you're if you're offended by a meme, I saw somebody uh, oh uh black cop. He, he and in his description, he says, if you're offended by the uh, by a meme, you've got bigger problems. And that's that's really where I'm at. You know, I I have to like dime myself out because I'm like, oh, I just want people to laugh at silly pictures and have a good time. But man, dude, if somebody puts a stupid comment, I can't help myself. I not help myself. I've done. And I think and it's that, one of the beauty, beautiful things of the page too. Like, especially if people take it the right way where I'm just trying to be fun. Can you hear my dog fucking losing her mind? By the way, I heard something. I couldn't tell it was a dog, but what kind or of dog you got? I got a hound dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> or, or it's somebody trapped in the dungeon. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's uh it's thirst responders. You haven't let her go yet. Oh, uh, you know, that's right. Hey, girl. <laughs> um, but you know, again it's like is it cheeky and fun shenanigans where like i like i think there's a time and place to call somebody on their bullshit right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and let's be honest like there's some people that'll comment and they'll tag their friends there's some people that'll comment and they'll add something to the conversation that's funny and then there's some narcissists that will fucking comment and make the meme about them Mm -hmm. those are my favorite targets and so hopefully somebody gets something from it like hey maybe i'm an asshole or maybe it's just good entertainment, but at the same time, like, what am I actually helping? Probably nothing, right. but it's fine. Right. right. Yeah, I know. I, I feel the same way. And the, the comments I get are the exact same way. I like the, I, per, me personally, I like the ones that put their own caption, you know, or like, you know, want to contribute to the thing. And those are the ones that are the funniest and I'll tag and I pin them the best, you know, if I can. Um, but yeah, the ones that like want to start shit or start talking shit, I typically don't engage every once in a while I do. And typically when I do, it's when I'm on one because I will go in and then I look back like hours later and I've got like, you know, a bunch of likes of people being like, yeah, man, that guy's a dick. And you know, they, they start going in on that person. So if I end up going in on anybody in the comments, watch out. Cause that's, that means you hit the point. Cause typically, you know, I've got a long fuse. I don't really care. Um, but then, then we, we circle back to the point, back to the kind of the original part of this conversation where it's just such, what's the point? It's like a waste of yeah. time almost. Yeah. You know? it, it, yeah, exactly. Going back to like the ego thing, I think it's because it makes us feel good. Like if someone's talking shit on something we created, we want to defend it. And because we are funny people, we do it typically in a humorous way. So it's, I think it's just us defending ourselves. Do we gain anything from it? No. But I think that's that's probably how our brain rationalizes it. Probably. Real quick before we conclude this part, because there will be a part two on your side of things. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the meme war and how that went. Okay. Um, what were what were your thoughts on this last meme war? So let's start with the why. Why did I even do it? Did I know that it was gonna piss people off? I absolutely did. So first off not today ia is the meme war queen and um it was in march and we were 
coming to the end of March Madness, and I was like, man, we don't have a meme war. Like, that's not good. Like, we always do. I didn't know if she was busy or not, and I looked back at our DMs, and we haven't talked in a long time, so I was like, I don't, I feel weird DMing her out of nowhere and going like, hey, you doing a meme war? So I was like, all right. And she hadn't posted uh, recently, so I was like, maybe she's not doing her page. Maybe she's done. So I was like, and and I had talked to her a long time ago about the meme war, and I was like, hey, this is something that I would do differently. And she had even asked me. It wasn't like I was just being like, hey, I'm a, this is I'm gonna gaslight you. It wasn't like that. We were having discussions about. It. I was like, hey, you know, maybe this would be a good idea. Maybe this wouldn't be because again, just like the page I was talking about earlier, like we used to talk a lot, and now we don't, and we talk even less now. But um, so I was like, you know, and I was bored at work, and I was like, you know what? Let me let me throw my hat in the ring and and do this. And it. The idea when I came out with the idea of doing it, it wasn't to do it instead of her. It was doing it because there was it wasn't there. And I even had a few people message me like, "Hey, you doing you? Is this happening?" I was like, "I don't know." And the reason I chose to do it when I did was there were a couple meme pages that I'm close with who were under attack for one reason or another, and there was a lot of like weird, like sticky drama going on. Not even like the normal, like talking shit, like things were getting weird. Like people were getting doxxed and people were being deleted and people were being threatened about like, Hey, I'm going to expose you. And I was like, Whoa, we need to take all this off the fire. It's getting weird. Like that's not what we do. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's do a meme war. That'll calm everyone down. Um, so I, I start reaching out to pages. I think I posted something said, Hey, if you want in, let's do it. You know, it's these are the rules, which you know was the anonymous part and everything like that. And um, I was like, let's let's have some fun with it. Do it a little. And I, I purposely wanted to do it differently than not today. I a because I did it. I knew the whole meme idea or meme war concept was her thing. Or not, I mean, she took it from other pages, but like you know, that was her kind of her niche. Um, but I wanted to do it differently, so that way, like there were there were similarities, but not identical. And then I had the bracket and I was like, man, I really want this to be a big thing. So I was going to, I did a full 32 bracket. And when I got to spaces 31 and 32, I still had like four pages left. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do like a one round meme off with um, like smaller pages. Cause I was all the bracketing, all the seating was done by follower count. And, and that's how, you know, the, the website I was using, they did it automatically. And, um, based on, cause I, I, I tabulated everybody's thing and then I ranked everybody and then they, they did the seating and who was facing who I say they, it was a computer. And, um, so I still had these few meme pages left, but it wasn't an even number at that point. So I was like, shit, man, I gotta have, I gotta even it out. So every time I, you know, still accepting meme pages and they were tiny, like literally, two meme pages started because of the meme war and um suddenly the the baby bracket was huge i was like shit it was almost as big as the main one i was like that's not what i meant but i already told them they can be in and then i just cut it i I was like all right i'm done there's too many people and then it, it ended up going a little too long but um first off the the stanley cup finals are still going on it's been going on for like six months so i think my meme war is like right in line with the stanley cup finals um yeah but people care about hockey more than memes you're absolutely right and then that's that's the thing like it got the problem was is that the baby bracket took too long um but it was good for them because those small pages got a lot of followers they got a lot of uh, attention so good for them pages that i never paid attention to up to that point 
you know, I cared about now. And it was good for them. Like, you know, pages that you may not have known about and whatever. Um, were there flaws with it? Absolutely. Am I going to do it again? Probably not. Like it, there's so much weird drama that came from it that I was like, this is stupid. Like I, I had fun coming up with it. Cause I kind of like just bracket setting. That's why I do the food polls and shit like that. Um, even, I don't know if you noticed, but peach of the fuzz is kind of doing his own little meme tournament right now, but it's very low key. Um, so which is he wasn't guy, is that the guy that puts in his he put in his profile that he was the 2020 more champion yeah i laugh every time i see it yes because he he was one of the one of the subsequent ones he he won i think i totally forgot about it but yeah which is weird he wasn't in this one the one i was in right mm. yeah so you i know you ran you won the first not today ia won the second i think he won the third when and not today i won the second and she ran the second i was like hmm, what's going on there um and then you you won mine but um against me you like you spanked me hard um i still call you daddy because of it um i queued up a little music for it i see that that was good that was good that was really the only reason i asked you about the meme i figured i figured yeah you didn't have to give a shit yeah i don't care i just want to gloat that i won you did did you ever um get the prizes that i had though uh i got those out to a deserving officer who but but you did you did actually get them or yeah, they got think, to where they I need think to all go? of it i think all of it went to where it was supposed to go that's yeah. awesome that's awesome yeah. that's the and that's where like like not today i aged the the first one i know she had a big didn't she have like a trophy or something made or something like that oh i have a fucking plaque sitting down here that's yeah. awesome um like i, I knew she had prizes and everything and originally i didn't want prizes or anything and i was like you know what let's see what I can do. Let's see what can come out. And then uh, I know Jason Piccolo, who else? Scale Cruisers and um, uh, Refracted Red Wolf or something was, they just showed up and I was like, that's cool. Like, you know, it's cool, you know? And again, it's giving some attention to people that you may not have heard of or companies that you may not have heard of. So it was, it was cool. Um, It was, it was more for other people to get attention than me. And it's whatever. I mean, there was there was some fun to be had. The shit talking, like you said, people don't know when to stop. And I don't know if, if to be honest, I haven't seen IA post in a while, so I don't really know what she's doing. But um, I hope that because she typically does one around Halloween. I hope there is one then. I don't know if I'll participate, depending on what I'm doing at that point. But I I wish there was more posting from that page because honestly, that's one of the better pages. She's really good. She she started. We talked about it uh, in in my drunk cops episode that we recorded uh, Friday night. Um, she started out as like campus cop memes or something because she used to be a, a yep. campus cop. And uh, I remember the first time we talked, she DM me under that account, and um, or it was it was an ask me anything or whatever. And she's like, "Where's all the campus cop memes?" And <laughs> and I respond, I was like, "Why is the security guard messaging me?" totally out of fun like I, I didn't know anything about her thought it was a dude um thought the page was ran by a dude i should say um but she and i we get along really well she was on my show last year for her for the the meme war and everything like i have no problem with her whatsoever things got weird over the meme war but again that was one of those things like we talk about or talk it out talk it out and we'll be fine 
Yes, you know, I almost wonder be, that there's some pages that have kind of stopped posting. And I wonder if it's one of those things just because of the environment. They're like, all right, I got to pick one. I can't do the maybe, page maybe. and I can't do policing. Maybe. Or, you know, we're law enforcement's kind of back. Like, you know, like a lot of pages came up because of COVID and we weren't allowed to enforce things. So like Peach the Fuzz flat out told me like, and he said it publicly on my podcast, so I'm not like spoiling anything, but his page started because he was on parking lot duty during COVID. And so he couldn't do anything. Like he was banned from doing anything. So he made memes. So I wonder if now that, you know, you can kind of enforce again, are people busy? Obviously calls for service are busy because staffing is low. Um, so maybe that's why, or it, it's just like any other fad. Maybe it's over, you know, maybe, maybe the meme pages that don't post as much anymore. Maybe they don't care. Like I realized that, um, blue zombie pig, they don't post anymore. Hard charger PD. They post very little, like some of the ones that I came up with, so to speak, they're, they don't really post all that much. Are you saying it's over? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. It ain't over now. It's not over. Don't say it's over. <laughs> it's not. I think Instagram's making it very difficult to meme these days. Uh, Instagram's making it really difficult for anybody that's not, like, the shaking games. their ass. I mean, that's it. Like, their businesses are having a hard time with the algorithm. Meme pages are having a hard time with the algorithm. I, I mean, like, I just see, like, the stupidest shit. And, like, don't get me wrong, man. Like, I like seeing a fucking hot girl like every other person. But, like, you, like I'll, I'll see it comes up in, like, my, I don't know, your homepage or whatever. Like, shit, explore, I don't even what, yeah. explore or whatever, right? There's a picture of some, like, fucking chick filling up her tank with gas. And she's sticking her, ga- her fucking ass out. You look at the fucking picture that has like a million likes and her page has like 10,000 followers. Let's be honest it, here though. Do, it's do you like a chick? Like if I see a hot chick, I'm not going to like her thing, right? Yeah, you just look and like move on, clothes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't like, what are we doing here guys? Yeah, no, I don't get it. I, I like posts that, you know, actually, I don't know. I think it's different obviously because we work in it, quote unquote. And the, um, the general public doesn't. So they scroll and I've seen people scroll Instagram. They literally scroll, tap, scroll, tap, scroll. and like indiscriminately. And I'm like, I actually like the things that I like. I don't just tap things just because they exist. So I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I know I tried to play around with the doing my memes as reels. That's just annoying. Cause the, the analytics read differently. Um, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not, I thought about doing that stuff and I'm like, I'm not going to change what's made me successful and I'm not going to change because I'm stubborn and an asshole. So if, you know, the flame dies out and then the flame dies out and we'll move on. But I, I hope, yeah. I certainly hope that's not the case. I had, I had a few good days on Facebook where I posted a couple of memes and things were actually moving. I was like, whoa, this doesn't happen anymore. Um, so I actually, I posted one today, uh, my, uh, my Edgar meme from yesterday and i was like oh it's getting some traction which is good but i don't pay attention to my facebook at all so dude it it doesn't even honestly make sense anymore i like some days facebook is kills and does great and then like i had a i had one the other day and i don't understand it maybe it got shared somewhere that had a bigger presence but like the meme which i thought the meme was fine uh got like 40 likes or something like that which is pretty bad for a page with two hundred thousand followers mm-hmm but then it, sh- it said that it had been seen by 40,000 people. And I'm like, Ugh. 
that's a weird number. And then I'm mm-hmm. starting to think, do they just kind of make up the numbers of who's seen your shit? Like, so I've noticed, I've noticed that if you have a post, right. And I share it, but I also send it in a DM through that same share feature. And I share it to 10 people, but I also share it to my story. That's 11 shares on that post. So, but it's only one like for me, but now you have 11 shares. So that's part of it too. So there's, there's pages where I'll clown on them. You know exactly who I'm talking about. And like, Hey, this is a really stupid reel. He looks like a jackass and I'll send it to you. And I send it to a few other people. So he's got five shares. Um, and not even a like, cause I didn't like it. You know what I mean? So it gets, so th- those are just the weird little nuances from Instagram. And I I've tried to watch uh, YouTube videos about like understanding the algorithm and the different stats. And I don't care enough. I probably should, but I don't. I'm trying to find the one that was just oddly bad. Actually, I'm scrolling through my Facebook right now. And it actually last week it fucking, it killed. Okay. So here it is. It's a, a meme about when she finds out if you have an attractive coworker. And it has 200 likes and it's been seen by 46, 46. That was Mike Tyson there. It was 46. Yeah. 46,000 people. How does that, it's just, it's odd um, that it, how the, the numbers work out and all of that stuff. But you did touch on something I, I forgot. And I wanted to talk about before we, we end this part is what people will put online now. Like there's no self-awareness whatsoever. Now I'll be honest, man. I put some shit on YouTube where like maybe today, like a month later, I, I probably wouldn't have like the mask uh, videos and stuff. They were just yeah. fucking weird. I don't know. I, I tried it. <laughs> I failed. It was weird. I don't know what's going and on. You with moved YouTube. on. Right. I moved on. Right. But people will put like very like, I guess, cringeworthy content. And yeah. I just wish their friends would be like, here, here's why hey, this is bad. Here's why. Um, and I, I think I figured it out. I don't know. I know who you're talking about. I don't know if it's specifically him, but people subscribe to the idea from Gary V and Gary V basically says, post everything and you never know what's going to hit. And I, I familiarize that with the cranberry juice video from COVID when the guy was on the longboard and he's going and you got Fleetwood Mac playing that guy literally subscri- not only subscribed to Gary V, but he went to a couple of his talks and whatever. And he, and I watched an interview where he's like, yeah, Gary V said, post everything. So I did. And that's the one that went viral. And I feel like that's what these people do. They post everything because they never know what's going to go viral. Now, when you talk about self-awareness, there has to be a moment where you realize nothing is working. Like I'm losing followers. Um, I'm nothing's getting likes. It, you know, it's just, it's not working. And that's where you got to go. All right, maybe I need to reassess this whole thing. Maybe social media isn't my bag, which is fine. Like, really it's fine you're good um and i think that's it i think that's where people get um that gary v thing all of a sudden just clicked with another a big page and now i I think you'll know who i'm talking about i'm like oh i understand it now and some of it is so bad where they're ruining their great page where they have a fantastic page and a fantastic following and they just post the fucking worst shit ever and i'm like are we talking about the page that i had to mute because i was like i'm done like i can't i can't deal with this yeah i'm we're we're on the same page with that yeah yeah Yeah. which people are gonna be like why are you guys why won't you tell us i'll let people make their own decisions on what they will and will not like i guess you know because there's there's a time and place to like dog people but you know what 
not everybody thinks the same way as me. Some people like certain things that I don't, but right. And, 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 and of this, uh, unnamed page, like, do they still post good things? Sure. But there's a lot of stuff that I, I don't like, and there's a lot of stuff that frustrates me. So it's like, and it, it got to the point where, uh, poorly made and I were talking and it was like, I could keep letting it frustrate me or here's a crazy thing. I could mute them and not see it anymore. And there we go. All better. Yeah. There, I mean, there's been several big accounts where I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't need to like or follow these people for clout. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, just because I'm a police page doesn't mean I have to follow these people. Like, right. I don't like seeing their shit. I don't like what they are anymore. So and I'm it not comes to the it. point. There's a few of them. Uh, there's one that I think I still follow because I'll, I'll check. I was like, oh, they still follow me. So I guess I'll kind of but I mute them. I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't want to burn a bridge. Not that it really makes that much of a difference because we don't interact and we don't like collaborate or anything like that. But is it worth any drama? Like the un, the drama comes coming from unfollowing a page that is kind of personable is not worth it. So I'll mute them and I just don't interact with their stuff and all better. So that's why people get mad when I unfollow them. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. I every once in a while I'll get in a mood and I'll be like, all right, I'm I'm unfollowing a whole bunch of people basically because I want to drop my the number of people I follow. That's really the only thing. <clears throat> and I'll I'll unfollow a whole bunch of pages and then pages that haven't talked to me in six months go, why'd you unfollow me? Um, because we don't talk. Like why why and your your content doesn't really do it for me. Like I I added you for whatever reason it was back in the day and. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, I think, and as a guy that, you know, basically makes a living on social media, I really encourage people to not spend a bunch of time on social media because a lot of it's not real anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God forbid, if who knows if you're- Or was it ever? With, right, but like, you know, are you interacting with a bot? Are you, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking to people that live in their basements that aren't actual, you know, functioning members of society. Like- look, you're never going to like, you're not going to be on your deathbed and be like, man, I wish I would have gotten to one more argument on the internet. Like go, go follow your friends. Go look at silly memes. If you're in a fucking following hot chicks, do your thing. I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Move on, man. There's so much more to life than what's on the fucking computer. Go rewatch the office another time. That's mm-hmm. probably better. Don't, right. don't get invested. It comes on down to, you're, you're right. It comes down to, I said this a long time ago. You know, I, I get I get frustrated when guys just slide into the, the either DMs or comments of like hot chicks or whatever. And I'm like, dude, when's the last time you said that shit to your wife? You know, and, and this is this is one like kind of wholesome take, but you can apply it to anything. Right. Like when's the last time you put this much effort into something in your real life? Like when we talk about trolling on the Internet, like, dude, what else could you be doing right now? You know, you trolling could be for spe- fish you could be yeah. fishing doing that spending time with your kid like it's the internet it's really not that important yep it's not worth it well buddy here's what we're gonna do in what uh three four days i'm gonna show up on your podcast Mm -hmm. and we're gonna continue talking in a couple minutes but you don't know that but this is what i need you guys to do go check out 10 8 memes listen to his podcast in a couple days and then do the things you guys always do uh, click the little link at the end of the podcast and you guys can keep the lights on down here in the dungeon. Uh, I got all kinds of fun and exciting merch coming out, coins, patches, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. And then, uh, of course, take care of the fine sponsors of the podcast because without them, I'd have to go get a real job. And as we discussed, that's just not on the table right yeah, now. Yeah, nobody wants that. Uh, with that said, remember, nothing's real on the internet. It's all bullshit. And I love most of you.
Bye-bye.